Welcome to Rhythm and Words, a podcast exploring the rhythm of women in their 20s. I'm your host, Vivian Crooko, but you can call me Viv. The stories shared on this podcast dive into the joys, lessons, and journeys that we experience as 20-somethings in the world today. If nothing else, I hope that the following conversation inspires you to explore your own rhythm in one form or another. Hi. Holy crap. I can't believe I'm here actually recording this introduction. I can't even begin to express my gratitude and love to you for listening today. It means the world, so thank you. I'm so excited to be welcoming in the first episode of Rhythm and Words with the ray of sunshine that is Ellie Charles. Ellie is a business and mindset coach who helps women take their side hustles full-time. And as you hear this, I'm a member of Ellie's three-month group coaching program in Mastermind. And oh my God, it's been a total game changer for both me personally and my business. Ellie is on the podcast today to talk all things imposter syndrome, including how we can ditch it. Let's dive deep with Ellie. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. So let's just go straight in. Um, let's go deep. How would you describe imposter syndrome? Oh, you are going deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Straight into it. Um, okay. So I think everyone has personal experiences with mm. and their own personal meaning of what imposter syndrome is. But to me, imposter syndrome isn't a thing. I think it's an emotion. And I mm. see imposter syndrome as this feeling of not being good enough and this feeling of not the reason why I think imposter syndrome comes about, let me say this first, I think the reason why I think it comes about is because often what happens, whether it's in business or in life, people have such high expectations of themselves Mm -hmm. that when they don't meet them, then that's when imposter syndrome kicks in, right? Because they have all these expectations around this is the way that I need to show up. This is what I need to look like. For example, if you are a business owner, you automatically think, okay, if I'm in business, I need to be professional. I Mm. need to be um, marketing like a salesperson. I need to be like X, Y, and Z, you know, replace it with whatever you believe that a business person has to be. Yeah. And so because you have these expectations, the second that you feel that you're not meeting them, in my opinion, that's when imposter syndrome kicks in. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's like, who am I to be doing this? Like, who do I think I am? It's because you've got such high expectations for yourself that then when you don't meet them, that's when imposter syndrome kicks in. And I think it's just that, it's like that icky feeling of, Mm. oh my God, I should just give up. Like, what am I doing? Like, who am I kidding? No one's going to buy from me. No one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. And again, like I said, it's because those expectations aren't being met. Yes. That is such a good way to put it actually. And I think much more succinct and uh, relatable than Google's definition. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. I've read all the definitions because I remember when I first got into business or into blogging actually Mm. way back in the day, everyone's like, how to deal with imposter syndrome. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what is imposter syndrome? Like I've never heard of this. And yeah, you read all the definitions and it's, and I think there's so many conflicting things, but in my personal experience with it, whether that's in 
business or in my personal life. I think imposter syndrome always comes about when I set those expectations for myself and I don't meet them. And that's, Mm. it's proven to be true for so many of like my friends, family, clients, all of that. Um, So yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Cause yeah, it really is just like the expectations that we put on ourselves. Cause it's not anyone else's like opinion or, you know, needs that we have to meet. It's just like that little voice in our head battling with us all the time. And sometimes it starts winning. And I think that's when the imposter syndrome creeps in. Right. Like where we're, we are our own biggest enemy or we Mm. can be our own biggest cheerleader, but like, yeah you know, it's your decision on which, which one you want to go with. (laughs) Yes. So with that in mind, what was your experience with it like growing up? Did you um, have it? Did it stop you from doing anything? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So for me, like in terms of, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, almost not good enough and Mm. wanting to feel like I needed to almost fit in because that's a really big part of imposter syndrome is, you know, feeling like an imposter, feeling like an outsider, even when you're surrounded by a group of people. And for me, that was always the case, especially um, during high school. Um, That was a really big thing for me, feeling like I think it was year 10. So I had year 10, 11 and 12. I moved to a new school um, in the same town, but I moved to a new school and I was like, okay, I'm in VCE now. Um, And for me, that's when imposter syndrome really kicked in because I went from a school that had 30 people in my year level, Mm. right? 30 people in a year level to probably like 300 in my year level. Like, you know, like it was a big shift for me. And so when that happened, like it was the most exciting moment ever, don't get me wrong, but it was also a moment in time that I think I, I had no idea at the time that I was going to go through so much imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in a sense of, holy crap, I'm surrounded by so many people. Where do I fit into this? And, you know, trying out almost like not without consciously realizing it, I was trying yeah. out different personalities. Like, am I the, the shy person? Am I the loud person? Am I the energetic or am I the soft? Like who am I? Right. Like <laughs> I think we all go through that in our teenage yeah, years. Totally. Um, But yeah, unfortunately it ended up in me kind of adapting to, I think, you know, probably not a type of person that I really am proud of that I was, you know, very judgmental of others feeling like, you know, there's always the cool girls, Mm. like the people who like sit in a circle, you can't sit with them. Like Mm. think of mean girls, like pretty much like (laughs) that, just not as savage. Right. But essentially that's the type of person I felt I had to adapt to Mm. if I wanted to be seen as someone that people liked. And what I didn't realize was, is I was sacrificing my integrity and at my core, the really like caring, humbling, like, I just want to serve people. I just want to help people. I was, I was really um, suppressing that part of myself Mm. to feel like I had to be something else so that then I didn't have imposter syndrome. So like I met, I met that need to like not be an imposter by mixing probably with a crowd that I normally would not ever want to hang out with, Um, which then I got, I got, I ended up going through bullying. Um, So that, which in a way like, yeah, shit at the time, but like, you know, looking back on it, even after a year or so, it was the best thing that could have happened. Mm. And that's because there was a mismatch. Like I said, I was hanging around people that I wasn't meant to be hanging around. Like I'm, I meant for bigger and better things to serve people. And if I had stayed in that environment, you and I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. So yeah, that's so true. 
And I think it's such an underrated time as well. Like you look at high school and you look back and you're like, oh God, you know, it was just a bit of a mess. We're doing this, we're doing that. But there is some really pivotal moments and big lessons that we learn during it that we don't realize at the time. And it's kind of having to go like five or 10 years later that way you can look back and be like, oh shit, that's why I am the way I am today. Like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of had a similar experience where um, in year 11, I grew up in the same town all my life. And in year 11, I moved for six months Mm -hmm. um, to another small town. So it was very clicky. So everyone had, it was like my old hometown where everyone grew up together. Everyone knew each other. It was very hard to kind of get into any of the girl groups because they were just all, quite frankly, 98% of them were bitches. (laughs) Mm, And even on my first day, like the girl who was supposed to show me around just took one look at me and just walked off. So yeah, Yeah. it was just like, okay. So it was very clear straight away, like who I wasn't going to be accepted by, but it was such an interesting lesson because then I did like meet one of my best friends and some other girls who were kind of had been in the same situation And we ended up just having so much fun. And I think they were totally jealous of us in the end because we were like, we didn't have all of these kind of subscriptions and labels that we had to kind of go by and we could just do what we wanted and hang out with the older people. And yeah, Yeah. it was was really interesting. And I've I've definitely taken that on. Yeah, for sure. And true to yourself. It's almost like you wish that, like, I know I wish I could go back and talk to myself when I first moved to that school and said, you know, those people that you want to hang out with, like at at your core, you want to hang out with, hang out with them. And like, Mm. just like, who cares what other people think? Like they're your people and, you know, ignore the people that you think you should be hanging with. Right. But, you know, we, I think everything in life happens for a reason. And like I said, you know, if, if I didn't go through that, then I wouldn't be here now, but it just goes to show that, you know, even when your brain is like, yeah, you're right. Like hang out with those people. Like the universe has a whole nother plan and they're like, yeah. and it's like, no, 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 no. Like that is not your life path. Like here's mm. your life path here. Like go through some shit so that you don't have to like deal with that anymore. But, um, yeah. And like no hard feelings for those people that believe mm. me, like I don't, I don't look back now and like totally resent them. Yeah. There was definitely a couple of years where I did, but I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my own personal growth journey and through personal development and working with coaches and mentors and stuff is, you know, when you hold on to things like that, you're really giving your power away. Like, Mm. you know, you're not, you know, when you're angry at someone for the way that they treated you, it doesn't affect them. It only affects you. Like they don't know that it, that you're angry. And even if you verbalize that with them, even if you say it pisses me off that you treated me like crap and this and that, even if you verbalize that, they're not really going to care. Like it doesn't Mm. affect their life. They're still going to go on with their life. The only person who it's affecting is you because you're thinking about it. You know, your blood's boiling, you're getting worked up. You're talking about with friends, family. So it's almost like you're giving your power away when you allow those people and those situations that have happened to you that may not have been really pleasant and that, weren't totally in your control right but I think if you can understand that yeah that in in deciding you know what as much as that was really shit like you can accept that it was shit you can be angry go for it but like feel the emotions and then decide like okay I now need to let that go because Mm. that's not serving me in any way yeah, that's great advice. And it leads on nicely to, I wanted to know if you still, um, I guess, have to suffer or battle with, not have to, but if you do like kind of still battle with <laughs> imposter syndrome or if you've managed to just like completely get it out of your life now. 
Yeah, I think there's always, I think you're always going to have moments of imposter syndrome. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for example, especially in business, like every every time you hit an up level, like there's always something else like waiting behind the door to be like, surprise, here's some shit you don't want to deal with. (laughs) And you're like, great, thanks so much for that. Um, Right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like it's it's honestly the truth. I think, you know, it's, it's always you're always going to have those challenges. And I had a conversation recently with um, one of my good friends who's on my podcast, Avani, and she was saying like, you know, it's, it's never that it gets easier. It's just that you get better and it's just that you get better at dealing with things. Right. So it's not that I never get imposter syndrome. It's just mm-hmm. that I deal with it so much better than I used to. So maybe back in the day, you know, if imposter syndrome hit, I would change my complete identity. Like I just said yeah. back in, high school, I would, I would morph into this other version of me and, you know, wondered why I couldn't attract the right friends. Cause they was showing up as some totally different person, you know, to what I truly was. Yeah. So back then I would, I would change my entire identity. And then maybe there was a stage where I would, um, well, I know there was a stage where I would adapt who I was to who I was with. You know, I'm sure so many people can relate to that. Like you're a different person with your friends than you are with your partner. And then you're a different person with your workmates than you are your parents. And like, I get that there needs to be boundaries in that, but I think there's such power in showing up in your complete truth. And that's when imposter syndrome becomes at an all time moment. (laughs) 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 What did I even say? Eminem. Eminem. I know it's um, like on that movie that never, never. Anyway, um, I think that's when like you minimize the amount of imposter syndrome that really yeah. comes up when you do step into your truth. And I know it's a scary thing, like stepping mm. into your truth and really, you know, what does that even look like? I remember I used to hear people say that. I'm like, what are you on about? Like yeah. stepping into my what? Like, but it's just a matter of just like understanding. I think, you know, if we get really philosophical for a moment, it's like you get one life. Like what's mm-hmm. the point in showing up as like some filtered, edited, bullshit version of you that isn't you when all it's going to do is cause you to get imposter syndrome, attract people that you don't absolutely love with all of your heart, which is nothing against them. That's just to do with you, yeah. right? Like why don't you just show up in your truth and have all those amazing things that, that we want, so... Amen. (laughs) Yeah. But you'll always deal with imposter syndrome. It's just, it's just how you deal with it. I think is, yeah, Mm. I think it's it's, to have an understanding of what it is, I think was probably the first step for me to like getting over, not getting over, but kind of working out my quote unquote strategy to deal with imposter syndrome is having the understanding of why it's showing up. Cause I think, I think sometimes with the mental things that goes on in our brains, if you can recognize like it's just the way that our brains are programmed. Mm. Like it's just, you know, your brain is just a computer. Like it's, it's programmed a certain way and you kind of, it's almost like disassociation, like you're disassociating it from yourself. So that just sounds so out there, but like, for example, you know, if you are having, if you're dealing with imposter syndrome and you feel Mm -hmm. like you're not good enough or you're not fitting in, if you can recognize that it's not actually you and that it's actually just your brain, like the, mm. the motherboard of your body, like it's like just your brain and the way that it's been programmed to believe, it takes away the stress yes. and the, the extra story. Like there's, people have stories around everything. So if you can see it as just like that's just how our brains are wired, that's just the way that they think, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to fall victim to this bullshit over and over, like calling the bullshit on it. Mm. And then that's when you disassociate yourself and it's less stressful when imposter syndrome comes up. Cause you're like, I almost laugh at myself now. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, come on, like yeah. shut up. Like I'm literally <laughs> saying this shit to myself because I'm like, Oh my God, this old story again. Like, yeah. are you serious? So it's I almost making that. it harder. Yes. Well, I've, I think it's been about a year or so, maybe nearly two, where I've been doing that thing where I'm like, it's just my brain. Like my brain is acting this way and it's not me. And yeah, it's made such a huge difference. And especially like processing how, like processing emotions and especially like fight or flight response. I used to have a very tightly wired um, flight or flight response where I would just, yeah, want to react so intensely. And now I can Mm. be like, that was just my brain. Like, it's okay. I'm not choosing to do yeah. that like mm-hmm. it can think that but I'm gonna do this and yeah yeah it's been a game changer yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what you said is so correct though I think sometimes people think that there is a magic formula like I think if there was a magic formula for you know completely avoiding imposter syndrome like I would have published that shit by now like I would have <laughs> said here's the like freaking the formula <laughs> yeah but like you said you know you chose like you're choosing to not fall into that. Like, and that's the biggest thing that so many people come to me and they go, how do I deal with this? I'm like, or how do I stop feeling like this? And my answer will always forever be choose to not feel like that. Like (laughs) as much as that sounds so simple and some people will be like, I completely disagree. You can't just choose to feel a different way. My partner says it to me all the time. I'm like, you can though, you can, you Mm. can choose, right? Like you can definitely choose. Um, but I mean, if yeah, if I had told myself that five years ago, I would have laughed in my own face. But now, you know, I think just having that understanding, it's, I'm just like, no, I'm choosing not to fall into that shit. Yes. And that's such a good point about you have to kind of be ready to hear it as well. Because there has been certain teachings that I've kind of like taken on and been like, this doesn't make sense. This is stupid. And then a couple of years later, I'll revisit and like, this is making perfect sense. This is exactly what I need. So I did want to ask, I guess you've kind of already answered it with if someone who is like so deep in imposter syndrome and they Mm -hmm. don't know what to do. And I guess they're not ready to hear like you can have a choice what Mm -hmm. would you suggest for them like to kind of start working through it? Yeah, I would, one of the first things I would say is immediately surround yourself with people where you can be yourself Mm -hmm. because the more that you practice being yourself, which sounds so weird, but just trust me, the more that you can practice being yourself and just enjoying your life, showing up, you know, if you have a ridiculous laugh, if you snort when you laugh, like Mm. whatever it is, if you stutter, like, Anywhere that you can show up as yourself, start hanging out there and with those people as much as you can, because then you're going to start to form the habit of being able to show up like that. And soon you will find, like it will take time, but soon you will find that showing up like that in all areas of your life, whether that is in a business or it is at school or university or in your job or with your family, friends, partner, whatever, it becomes a lot easier because you've built the muscle, right? Like Mm. you don't go to the gym and pick up a 70 kilo weight and expect yourself to like do 50 whatever. I don't go to the gym, so I don't know that. (laughs) Let's say curls. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Um, but you don't expect yourself to get like, you know, a 70 kilo weight and just start Mm. doing like, like a hundred reps of it because you haven't built the muscle yet. You start small, you start Mm. building up the muscle and over time, you know, eventually 70 kilos is a bloody walk in the park. Like, so this relates to this, like imposter syndrome is ultimately, like I said at the beginning, it's very much about 
not like not expecting more of yourself, not expecting Mm. yourself to be a certain way. Because as soon as you take off those expectations, like it's like peeling back the layers of like, I should be like this and people that are smart look like this and successful business women look like this. As soon as you take away all of those bullshit beliefs, right, that society Mm. has conditioned us to believe and that's just a part of our brains, right? As soon as you take them away, all of a sudden you feel so much lighter. So I would, the first step is surrounding yourself with those people that Mm -hmm. you can be yourself around. The second thing is I would say start to consciously notice when you're in a, in a phase of imposter syndrome, because sometimes you can be in it and not realize it. So I think if you can notice, if you can go, okay, maybe you say something or you have a belief or say you put on an outfit that you love and then you're like, oh, wait, but I'm going out for dinner with those people. Um, oh, I don't know that they'll really like this. I'll get changed. Mm. Consciously go, hold on, wait, I'm making this decision from imposter syndrome. I should wear what I've got on because that's what I want to wear, right? Like, yeah. does that make sense? Something yeah, simple like definitely. that where you can consciously notice it because that's when you can make the choice. I think, you know, the idea of being able to just consci- like consciously just choose to change your emotion might seem overwhelming for some people. But if you can consciously catch yourself when you're about to fall into imposter syndrome, whether that is in a conversation and there's something you really want to say, but you hold back, yeah. or if it is in, in the clothes you wear or the services you offer in your business, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, consciously catch yourself and start to notice how often you're doing it. And again, it's like a muscle. The more that you catch yourself and stop yourself from falling into the trap, the more that you build the muscle. And eventually you get to the stage where imposter syndrome is like, rather than it being, you know, like a supersized McDonald's meal, it's like not even a happy (laughs) meal. Like it's so small. Like it's like one chip, right? Like rather than the whole freaking restaurant. That is such a good way to put it. And I like that you (laughs) mentioned um, like dressing because that has been something um, that I've always had to kind of deal with and work on like with imposter syndrome because, yeah, yeah, coming from a small town, I was the person who dressed alternatively like compared to the rest of my friends, which was fine. I had a very unique style and I owned it. And it wasn't – it was really interesting because at home I was fine with it, didn't give a crap about anyone's opinions And then I moved to Cairns, which is a bigger, it's a small city, but it's much bigger than my hometown. Mm -hmm. And I get it so much more now, like wearing an outfit that's a little bit out there or, you know, that would fit in perfectly in Melbourne. But I just get like, so kind of, I almost get like locked up and being like, oh, I don't know if I can wear this out. People will stare at me, blah, blah, blah. And that's just that imposter syndrome and having to continually Mm -hmm. be like, who cares? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you like it, you wear it that's it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I was like that. Like I know you said, um, some examples of, of imposter syndrome that might've come up for me, um, which I didn't really answer by the way, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, indirectly. Um, but like one example that I just thought of with what you just said is when I went full-time in business and I wanted to have a brand photo shoot, mm. I was like, Oh, I should go out and buy like all these clothes. Like maybe I should get like a blazer. Cause you know, you look on Pinterest for all yeah. these ideas. I was like, I should go get a blazer and like some like really cool pinstripe pants and like high-waisted jeans and all these things that I saw full-time business owners wearing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what am I doing? Like that ain't my style. Like my style (laughs) is pajama pants and like 
like it's literally party down the bottom and like professional at the top. Like I will do my hair and makeup mm-hmm. where like, I mean, I've just got a t-shirt and a cardigan on, but typically speaking, that's what I wear in my day to day. Like if yeah. you saw me at the supermarket after I finished my day job, well, not my day job, but like my day job is my business, yeah, right? Your day. <laughs> you saw me after work, then you would see me in the exact same thing. I would still mm-hmm. be in a cardigan and a t-shirt and leggings or mm. my other boots. I often wear them to the supermarket. So <laughs> nice. I thought like I need to wear these nice blouses and blazers and pinstrap pants and like high heels and red lipstick. Don't get me wrong. I do love a red lip like every now and then. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the things that I found like personal style is, is definitely like, that's a whole nother thing, but yeah, personal especially style in really business. does. Yeah, it really does reflect like who you are. And Mm. I think, you know, having this idea in your head that you need to wear certain clothes to attract a certain type of person, like, yeah, but no, I think, you know, you attract, you attract really what you are. So I think if you can Mm. shop as yourself, you'll always attract people who are attracted to you. Yes, I completely agree. And I love that you mentioned the brand photo shoot because I actually went through that um, last month where I brought like a new outfit. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting, it's with a professional photographer. So I want, and it's in this professional venue. So I want to have this outfit and like the photos are lovely, but I compare it to a shoot I did a few months ago where it was literally at, at my house wearing clothes that I wear every day. And I can yeah. just, I look so much more comfortable in the clothes that I'm wearing yeah. every day. And I'm like, that's me. Like yeah. that's the person, not this person who wears, like, I love the denim skirt, but I do not wear denim skirts every day. Not practical yep. when you're sitting down for 10 hours. No. So, yes. Yeah, it's just really interesting to be like, that was cute, but that wasn't, that was like maybe 60% me. Whereas I want to yeah. be 100%, especially in business. Like you want to show up yeah. as you, mm. just yes. you, because your audience yeah. will get confused. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Because otherwise what happens then is if you show up as this other version of you, as this like morphed version of you, Mm. that's kind of you, but kind of not, guess what? You're going to attract people to that person, not to you. Mm. Because although it's, it's you, like this is so (laughs) just insane, but like, although it is you acting that way and looking that way and Mm. being that person, people are attracted to those characteristics, that personal style, their traits, not you like so when you show up as you that's when like I'll put my hand up and say like when I showed up as as more of that professional like really filtering myself not saying the things that I would normally say that that people probably laugh at but I'm like whatever it's me Mm. when I showed up from that really um yeah maybe 70 to 80 percent me even that far like I I would attract some clients that were like super dream clients I would attract Mm. some clients that that definitely weren't. And it wasn't until, you know, mid 2019 or maybe like second quarter or third quarter 2019, when I really showed up Mm -hmm. as just me that like women like you, like dream clients really came into my life and were just like, I was like, Oh my God. Like I have moments now when I get so teary about the, the people that are in my life because I'm showing up as myself because it's such a beautiful reflection of when I step into my power, like I mm. let, I like give permission for them to do the same. Yes. And it's, yeah, like it's a ripple effect. Like you do it, someone else sees that they get, you know, met, like quote unquote permission and then mm. they go ahead and then they feel safe to do it. And then their audience does. So it's just like this ongoing effect. 
Yeah, I love that. I'd actually um, like to kind of maybe touch on briefly, I guess, imposter syndrome and business Mm -hmm. as I feel like, well, as you guys may know, I am in Ellie's mastermind at the moment with a group of women and it's amazing. Uh, And I think it's something that's definitely come up for all of us, um, Mm. particularly through our conversations. Like it may not be in the same like area of our business or the, you know, exact same forms, but everyone's kind of going through it. Yeah. So yeah. What would you like, I guess for business, is that something we just have to go through it, don't we? We just have to learn. Yeah. And yeah for sure. Fight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I was saying before is like, you know, every time you hit this like new level, like we say, like, you know, you hit this up level or this next level of like, holy shit, look how far I've grown. Now I'm at this new level. Like I can promise you at that new level, you're going to get new challenges and new and new things you've got to work through. Like, yeah. you know, whether you publicize those challenges or you keep them private, that's a totally personal, um, you know, that's what you get to do. It's, it's up to you. It's a personal mm. decision, but like, regardless of if you share it or not, like you will go through struggles. And I say that because you don't have to share them. And I think sometimes people feel that, with social media, like, yes, I believe in totally being vulnerable and being open and honest about things. But I also do believe that there is a certain aspect that needs to be private. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I'm saying this is because often we can look at incredible mentors, um, you know, like, let me, let's just say Jenna Kutcher, cause most people know who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think a lot of people would know she had a lot of um, miscarriages and she had a lot of struggles with that, but like she decided to publicize that and, Mm. and really um, promote that so that she put, you know, um, the awareness out there for other people. But, you know, you never know, like she could be dealing with depression, with anxiety, with imposter syndrome, with, um, you know, chronic illness. Like, so there's so many things going on in the business world that people don't know is going on. Like, Mm -hmm. like, Honestly, like I used to have hardcore anxiety. Um, I got I got rid of majority of it before I went into business, luckily enough. But for all you guys know, like I could have the worst anxiety in the world. Mm. Like I recently went to Tony Robbins, um, Unleash the Power Within in Sydney. And the thought of walking in with seven and a half thousand people I didn't know, walking into that room, not knowing anyone, there was people there that I knew, but walking in by myself, mm. like I had a mental breakdown the night before. I was bawling my eyes out, mm. like... So the thought of that, like, and, and people just don't know that. I mean, I've shared yeah. it now, but, you know, I think it's just important to realize that you aren't alone. That's mm-hmm. what I'm kind of getting at is like, you aren't alone. There's always like every business owner goes through struggles, whether it is, you know, maybe they've got things going on in their personal life or with their health or the loss of a family member or a breakup in a relationship or if it's, you know, dealing with um, their weight and they're trying to lose weight, but they can't, or they're trying to get pregnant and they can't. There's always something going on in people's lives. And I think it's just good to have that acceptance that you don't have to have your shit together 24 seven. Like, I think people think the second you go into business, all of a sudden, like you make all this money you work with all these clients. And that means automatically that your personal life is, is perfect, but it's not. (laughs) So yeah, I would just say having that understanding of what it is, um, really does help, but just, I think it just comes back to just acceptance of yourself really when you think about it, like accepting yourself, you know, getting rid of those expectations that you set, um, 
that that helps a lot and understanding that no one has their shit together because you can bet your ass every time I go to launch a new thing I'm like oh should I shouldn't I will anyone join like you know and I still have that and like you know, some people like you might even think, are you serious? Like, no way, like you're killing it. Right. And then there's people out there that I think that of, I'm like, Oh my God, like my coach and her coach, like, like, Oh, you guys must like never have any problems. Like you just (laughs) amazing. And they're like, Oh my God, no girl. Like I've got all the problems. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's just humbling. I think it's just humbling to know that everyone has their shit going on. Mm -hmm. We're all humans. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think it's a really big lesson I've learned, especially through the mastermind and another group coaching I did. Um, just like the people that have joined, I did have, I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess I had a view of them like, oh, based on their social media, like, yeah, they've got their shit together. They're doing this. They're much better than me at this. Or they're here and I'm here. And and then when we actually get talking and you kind of break down that barrier of the feed and the stories and the mm-hmm. filters, you're like, we're all at the same point. Like we're all kind of yeah. going through it together. Like there doesn't need yeah. to be any competition or like worry that they're further on than you are. And yep. yeah. 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 And that's a big one. That. That's a big one. Like mm-hmm. not comparing your chapter two to someone's chapter seven or chapter mm-hmm. 20. Like, that's a really big one, especially in business. That's where imposter syndrome can hardcore kick in, I reckon, because, you know, that's when the self-doubt and the lack of self-confidence comes in because you're so busy looking at, you know, oh, why haven't I got any clients yet? But you've only just started posting content like a week ago. Like, mm. okay, like, you know, there's a bit more time and, and there's a bit more energy that goes into it than, than a week's worth of content before you make bloody 10K months, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and I think that's just really important as well is just to remember like everyone goes through the struggles, everyone goes through the shit and it does take time. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as an overnight success. You know, as much as you can have success quick, it's there's no such thing as an overnight success. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something. Actually, you mentioned last night we had a, um, a group call and you said something along the lines of um, don't consume before you create which literally Mm. just blew my mind. So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that because I think especially even if you don't have a business, just being on social media or just doing any projects, like I think that's such an important thing. Yeah, I'd never even thought of that before, so I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, one of the biggest things that I can recommend, especially, you know, if you are a business owner listening, Mm -hmm. is if you ever go to create content, whether that is, you know, Instagram captions, Instagram live, if it's a training, a freebie, an email, a blog post, a podcast, doesn't matter what type of content it is, any type of content creation, Mm. don't consume before you create. And the reason why, and what I mean is don't go on social media the day that you need to create content Mm -hmm. for social media. Don't listen to podcasts the day that you need to create content for your podcast. Like, the reason being is because it's so easy. Again, this is where imposter syndrome comes in. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fall into the trap of when you consume all day and you're taking in all this stuff from other people, which is totally fine. You can consume all you want. But like if you're consuming on that day where you go to create, you will take in everyone else's opinions. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opinions out there, which is great. Like I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But like that's hard when you go to sit down and write content and all of a sudden you're like, well, do I believe that people should do this or do I believe people should do that? And Mm. even if at the core of that, you know that people should do the first one because you've seen the conflicting 
content online, you're like, oh, well, I might piss people off with this or who am I to have yeah. a different opinion to everyone? And so it can affect it um, consciously or it can affect it subconsciously. Subconsciously, you can start literally like writing out other people's content basically mm. without even realizing it. So I think that goes for business as well as, yeah, maybe personal life as well. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things, like maybe, for example, you did like um, maybe you're into like textiles and like fashion design or something. Mm. It's funny how often we look for inspiration externally. Like I remember back in high school when I did textiles and fashion design and stuff, I would always want to like flip through magazines and look on mm. Pinterest and look online because you're always looking for inspiration externally. But if there's one lesson I've learned in my 20s, it's always look for inspiration internally. Mm. Like I never go on Pinterest for like blog post ideas anymore. I used to when I first started. Mm-hmm. I never look at other people's content for inspiration. I always just ask myself and I do this through journaling or meditation or whatever works for you, dancing. But like I always, wish <laughs> <laughs> I dance all day long. But um, I always ask myself, like, what, like, what feels really exciting to create right mm. now? Like, what feels good and what's going to help me connect with my ideal client? How can I give value to her and help her, like, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel or help her get through something or get a quick win? Because I think sometimes when you consume so much, you just kind of become this, like, working robot of, like, I'm just, like, pumping out the same shit as everyone else. Mm. Um, and that's when you kind of blend in, I guess. Yes, that's such a good point. And kind of, I guess, following on from the inspiration, I've found that especially like as a writer, um, I've had to kind of gradually unfollow a lot of copywriting accounts, not because I don't love them. Like I genuinely respect their work and think they're amazing, but I was getting the imposter syndrome and I'm like, you know what? They're still there. You can touch back in if you need advice or anything and you can still message, but you don't need to see them all the time, especially when you're working on your own stuff. And if you can't, for some reason, you can't find any inspiration within, look for it in other things. Like look for it in things like, you know, architecture or flowers or, you know, conversations that you overhear at a coffee shop. Like you don't need to kind of go for the straight and narrow. And -hmm. I find that's where my best work comes from, like the randomest situations. And I'm like, yeah, damn, this would be a great like blog post or Instagram caption or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Like I can't tell you the amount of ideas that I've got for, yeah, like captions. I remember I was, I went out for a drive one day. I was having a really shit day and I was like, I'm like, I'm feeling this day like hardcore. Like I'm feeling this shitty emotion. I'm just going to shut the laptop and leave. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went and bought flowers. I went for a drive. I went to like a gift shop and I was just looking around in there. I think I bought a few things. And then on the way home, I remember seeing a, um, like a, someone had like hit the back of someone's car. It wasn't really bad. It wasn't a Mm. massive car crash, but it was like this little bump. And I could see like one person was like bawling their eyes out and the other Mm. person was like pissed off on the phone. Mm -hmm. And like that day, I think I wrote a caption. As soon as I got home, I thought of this idea. I was like, you know, like everything in life has whatever meaning you give it. So it can either Mm. be upsetting, it can be frustrating, or it can just be a bump on the side of the road. Because to me, it was just a bump on this, like on the back of this person's car was, it was Mm. nothing more. But to those people, you know, it was, it was like the worst thing in the world. And that guy was pissed off because he was probably on his way to something. And, you know, the lady was upset because someone had hit her. And yes, like I know it, it can be frustrating, it can be upsetting, but that like prompted me to go mm. on and to, to do this live, actually do a live on it um, and some Instagram captions because of that. Like how did I know that situation was going to come about? Like my best yeah, ideas never come from it. when I'm at my desk. Yeah, they always yes. come in the shower. I don't know about you, but in the shower I'm oh. always like 
I ride on the glass. I'm like, really? Yes, yeah, I always. Driving. I get driving inspired. I'm like trying to reach for my phone to do voice recordings. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you hey, Siri, record this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just got like a lot of them is like leaving my house or coming back. So it's on the same road and it's like this weird time of night, this weird time of morning. <laughs> to put it down. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. All my ideas always come like in the bathroom. Like um, the idea for the mastermind came to me one night and I was like having a bath. I was like, oh, I want to do something new. And then the idea just came to me and I was like, yes. I was like, I got my phone and like, I wrote out like everything, what was going to be included, the type of women I wanted, the price points, the name. I was like, boom, done. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. Like if you are feeling like in the trenches of imposter syndrome, like step back and like get yeah. out and do something different or do something nice for yourself and just kind of yeah. come back because yeah. yeah, we can't create or we can't, I guess, thrive if we're not feeling happy and fulfilled. Yeah. You can't create good content if like you aren't feeling good. Like mm. you've got to feel good first. Yes. And it totally shows. So I'm like, yeah. if you don't feel great, just don't show up on stories because people can yeah. tell like oh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're better off to, you know, it's the age old, um, whatever saying of, of quality over quantity. Like Mm. don't feel like you have to post. Like if you are not in a good energy, you're so much better off not to post. Like I am, you know, everyone can post whatever they want to post online, but I, one thing I do not do on my social media or through any of my content is just like vent about, bad situations that have happened to me or like Mm. other business owners that have pissed me off or treated me a certain way. Like I just don't do it. And the reason why, and this is totally personal, but like, I'm, like you said, people can pick up on energy. And I feel that if I show up from a, from an energy where I'm like venting about something that pissed me off Mm. or or something that happened and I'm, I'm then passing that negative and pissed off energy to other people for I'm spreading it. And I'm like, I don't want to spread it. It's like a no. freaking infection. Like the second I'm pissed off about something and my partner comes home, he'll get pissed off and then he'll tell his parents and then they'll be pissed off and then they'll tell their friends and then they'll be pissed off. And then all of a sudden it's this big cycle yes. when I could have just been like, I'm just not going to tell him. I'm mm. just going to breathe, have a bath, get outside the situation yes. and move on. And then the rest of the day will be great. So mm. yeah, I think that's just one thing that I like to do is to avoid putting, you know, negative yeah. energy out there because I don't want it to pass on to other people I feel bad doing that so I'm like nope I just will not post <laughs> yes I'm the same I think that's why I've really especially this year gotten right back into journaling and just doing like the brain dump and anything yeah. that is worrying me or that's kind of you know spinning or like spiraling I'm like yeah. just write it out get it out and yeah. you don't always have to kind of voice your like voice your issues like it's great when you when you really need to but sometimes you just know like I don't, I shouldn't be this, you know, invested or this pissed off about it. Let's just, you know, write it out, burn it if you need to, and just like get rid of it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Burn it. Like, and that's the thing, um, you know, back in the day, I I wouldn't have been someone that could let something go. Like if you had Mm. said to me, this person's going to completely copy your entire business and, or like something like say something Mm. that like would piss most people off. And then, um, you know, you're just, you have to let it go. I would have laughed in your face. I'd have been like, no, I'm going to go on a rant about it. (laughs) These people. But I think in the end, 
recognizing that that's your ego. Like that's Mm. your ego saying, um, Oh, this person pissed me off. So let's like, let's call them out on it. Let's like, you know, name and shame. Let's make them feel like crap, but that's your ego needing to feel significant. Right. Like that's, that's that, that human need of wanting to feel significant. We all have it. Mm. Um, and you can either meet it in a positive way or in a negative way. And like calling other people out for what they've done wrong or, bad situations that may have happened is like that's a negative way to meet that need for significance you can totally meet it um you know by helping people and making lasting change in their lives donating to charities you know going to the soup kitchen and helping out there (laughs) all of that stuff like that's a better way to meet the need for significance definitely and then you still get an ego boost from it so it's like a win-win really (laughs) yeah it's a a positive a positive ego boost exactly I know it's one yeah. of the, I think, yeah, helping people or doing something nice is like the quickest way to get out of a stomp. Like yeah. I found like just the joy of yeah. like someone smiling or saying, thank you. You're like, okay, it's all right. You yeah. Know? yeah. I can still do that's good. Why, that's why I love giving gifts. Like I mm. love, I get so much satisfaction out of it. Like just giving people a gift, whether that is like a physical gift or, you know, like my mm. time or just a nice message or a compliment. Like I love complimenting people. It's like one of my favorite things just to Aww. see them go, Oh, Oh, thanks. Like, you know, it's just so nice because it just makes them feel so warm. So, you know, that's how I meet my need for significance rather than calling people out and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's so good. And I kind of wanted to ask as well, like, I feel like we do, like a lot of people will be like, social media is bad. You know, there's so many articles like social media is doing this and doing that. But I kind of think we do need to take responsibility for what we are consuming on there. Like we do have the power. We have, we get to control our feed. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people forget that as well, especially when they are like battling with imposter syndrome and they're seeing all of these yeah. women do amazing things. I'm like, you don't always need to see them. Like if they're really good, yeah. you can, like I said yeah. earlier, <laughs> unfollow them yeah. or mute them or yeah, yeah do what sure. you need to do. Yeah. You get to choose like everything in life you get to choose. And some people I know are going to disagree with me on that, but it's the truth. In the end, you <laughs> yeah. get to choose. Like life is happening for you, not to you. You know, bad situations aren't happening to you. Like, Yes, there are situations that sometimes are outside of our control. We cannot mm-hmm. help, like, the worst circumstances. Let's not go there. But, like, in that sense, like, on social media, my – my um, some of my parents, like, some of my parents, like, I have to be <laughs> Just like my uh, my stepdad in particular, like hates um, Facebook. He's like, Facebook's the worst thing that ever happened. Like, you know, it's so bad. <laughs> I'm like, that's really okay. But like, that's because he only sees the negative side of it. Like mm. he only sees what the media talks about where it's like, you know, Instagram models, like just like with their ass cheeks hanging out and yeah. all of those things and like unhealthy obsessions with like, you know, skinny teas and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's very filtered. People see the negatives and so they're like, social media is the worst thing ever. But that's because you're deciding it to be. Like you can decide that social media is a positive. Like I love social media Mm. and I don't let it be a negative for me. I choose for it to be a positive and a positive way for me to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And if I ever get that feeling of imposter syndrome looking at someone else's stuff, like you bet I'm just going to unfollow them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nothing personal. That's not me no, saying, never personal. you're a bitch, I hate you, I don't <laughs> want to follow you. <laughs> like, no. Like, if you no. see me unfollow you, like, take it as a compliment because I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably right. just getting a bit yeah. of imposter syndrome and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I just need a break from your content for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it could be that they maybe just don't have great content, but, you know, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's in, a whole other kettle. Yeah. But in all yeah. seriousness, like, 
you get you get to decide like if it's negative or if it's positive like the only meaning it has is is the one that you're giving it so I think if you can flip from social media is like the worst like everyone's so negative on there and it's all about me to it's really great I get to connect with people across the world like let's not forget that like internet isn't that old and that like right now like I make a full-time living and you make a full-time living Mm. off of something that didn't exist when we were born like yeah excuse me like it's wild hey we're so privileged like I think sometimes we take shit for granted and the internet is one of them and social media is one of them Mm -hmm. people just think it's the worst thing in the world and internet is the worst thing blah 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 but I think it's such a privilege because it means that we get to you know like look at GoFundMe like if we didn't have the internet we couldn't donate money to random people on the other side of the world to help them get through whatever's going on Mm -hmm. for them at that time like it's, it wasn't that easy. Yeah. So you know, you've just got to remember, like, really focus on the positives um, as best you can. Yes. You took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, like, whenever I get too kind of, I guess, bogged down by socials, I'm like, remember it is a privilege and it's a privilege to have a business yeah. online. And it is. it's not something that everyone has and it's not something that it's has always been around either. So we kind of mm. need to enjoy it. Like there's always yeah. going to be a positive out of it, you know, like worst comes yeah. to worst, you can be like, well, I don't want to be on here today and that's fine. But at the end of the day, having the internet has let me put food on the table or, you know, do this or do that. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know bad. what? You can always delete the app. That's like a mm. tip that I would give. A practical tip is like, if you need to take time off social media, like, delete it, take a break, like put yourself mm-hmm. first. Um, whether it is because of mental health or imposter syndrome or whatever it is that's going mm-hmm. on, like social media doesn't need to control your life. Like, again, no. that's a meaning that you're giving to it. If you can decide, like, I'm just going to take a break. I highly suggest like everyone, you know, maybe if you're listening to this, give yourself the next 24 to 48 hours, like delete mm-hmm. the Instagram app, delete the Facebook app, delete messenger, delete all the social media apps. And like, come back and honestly you will be surprised at how lighter you how much lighter you feel because you've just had time away because it's so easy like I said earlier to feel like especially as business owners that you have to share everything on social media and like I said I'm all about vulnerability I'm all about Mm -hmm. sharing your personal life especially when you're a coach like helping people to connect with you but my God, we're still human beings. We still need space. Like don't the app, don't share everything. Like give yourself a clear line of no, like this is my life. Like I'm not going to, I don't need to share this. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant advice. I think, I think, I think it was yesterday. I literally was saying in my stories, like this weekend, I'm going to take a few hours for the day and just put my phone in a different room and yeah. just like chill and not yeah. be connected. Cause yeah, there's just so much power in that. And you can choose when you want to be online. Um, you don't have to be on it all the time. <laughs> like yeah. there's a misconception that, you know, oh, we have to keep up. We need to be responding to the DMs. We need to be doing this. We need to be, you know, yeah. being efficient. It's like, no, you can just do nothing sometimes. It's okay. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love going camping. Um, mm. My dad has like a block in the middle of a bush in in Victoria, like in the Grampians and it's oh, fabulous. And we go there and it's, it's so good because you get really shitty reception and you can only get reception if you stand on this big log in like the, <laughs> the middle of like our area. You've got to stand on this big log, like hold your hands so high up in the oh air. 
um, to try and get reception. But I love it because I pretty much just leave my phone on the, on the table, the whole, or in the car, the whole Mm -hmm. time. The only time I'm getting out to use it is like maybe to play like Sudoku or um, (laughs) something like that, or to take photos because I love taking photos when I'm up there. But other than that, like I'm all about like, take a technology free day or two, Mm -hmm. like once per month, you should be at least having one day that you're not on technology. Yes, I agree. At least social media. Yeah. Actually, I did the same. Like my family has um, like a little beach hut um, about an hour from my parents' house and we went there mm-hmm. on the weekend and I literally only checked my phone because my boyfriend was coming. So I'm like, are you at the boat ramp yet? Yes, no. Okay, see you soon. Yeah. And like that was it for that like two it. and a half days and it was just so nice. And I came back on Monday and I'm like, this is just great and I don't you almost kind of you lose that attachment to your phone as well when you just yeah. have a break and yep. you don't reach for it as often as you would yeah. if you have, yeah, some separation. I know. I know. I remember when phones were smaller and I used to have mine in my pocket and there was this thing, I can't remember, people gave it a name, but it's where you felt like your pocket was vibrating even when it wasn't. Oh, it was like, phantom vibration. Yeah, like phantom vibration yeah. on your leg yeah. because you think, you think that your phone's going off because you're that attached mm. to it. I'm like, holy shit, like this is an issue. I need to stop being on my phone. But now they're like, you know, iPhone 8 pluses that and the 11s are out now, aren't they? Or yeah. something. So they're that big. You can't fit them in your pocket. But, <laughs> you know, like we become so attached to it. It's like when you leave the house, you know, back in the day, it was just, have you got your, your keys and your wallet? Mm. Now it's like, have you got your phone keys and wallet? Cause it's like, Oh, you can't leave without your phone. Like if you yeah. forget it, you've got to drive back. And get it. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. And I've had to kind of really come to terms with my relationship to my phone, I guess, especially starting an online business as well. And yeah, I'm still kind of in that thing where like, I've just had it drilled into me from somewhere that if what happens if something bad happens and you leave your phone at home and you need to call. And like, I think, I don't know how that got drilled into my head, but that has been in there for so long. Like you need your phone. What happens if, you know, you get attacked or this happens or someone gets hurt and you need to call the ambulance and yeah, I'm yeah. Like, but just stop trying to I'm like you have to stop focusing on like the bad stuff the reality yeah. is you're going to walk down to the beach for an hour and you're going to be fine like yeah and you know what if, if there is a car crash on the way guess what there's another car there so they can yeah. ring the ambulance or you can grab their phone out of their pocket if they're unconscious like mm. there's or if you're in a neighborhood you can always run into the the first person's house if you feel that someone's like following you and you don't yeah. have your phone like I, I would say that if you're going for a walk like especially, you know, if it's, if you're a woman or if it's at night or something like that. Yeah, definitely. But take it with you for a safety precaution. But if you don't have it for some reason or it dies or whatever, Mm. knock on the first person's house. Like, I think we forget that. Like when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I ever felt like, I remember I did it a couple of times. Like if I ever felt like, oh, I'm a bit scared. Like I would just like walk into someone's driveway and pretend that I lived there Mm -hmm. and I would, and I would just do that. Like, and yeah, it would be a bit scary, but then I would, as soon as I saw the person leave, I would just go home. Yeah. Like I didn't have a phone with me. So I think there's always other alternatives. Yeah. That's a really good point. And especially as we did that as kids and we were more vulnerable back then when we, than we are now, we had less street smarts and yet we had more confidence just to like approach a stranger to help us with something instead of like reaching for our phone. Which is, yep. yeah, it's really interesting yeah. that we kind of look at it as almost like a lifeline now. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, definitely. It. it is. It literally, like, it can tell you your heart rate. It can connect you with people across the world. Mm. It can tell you how to make a 
chicken pot pie, <laughs> you know, like, like your phone, literally you can watch yeah. TV on it. You can get the golf scores. You can um, like, you can do gambling. Like not that I'm, I'm so against gambling, but <laughs> you know, there's so many things that you can mm-hmm. do on your phone and it has, that's why it's become a lifeline, I think. And, yeah. and that's when, you know, if we get back to imposter syndrome, I think that's why so many people struggle mm-hmm. with imposter syndrome, whether they're in business or not, because like, it's an expected thing that you should have your phone. And again, what yeah. did I say at the beginning? It's the expectations that if you don't meet them, that's when imposter syndrome kicks in. And so everyone expects you to have your phone on you at all times. And if you don't, then they're going to judge you for that. And then you're going to be like, Oh my God, like mm-hmm. who am I for thinking I can go to target without taking my phone? Like, yeah. you know, Oh, oh totally. Yeah, there's yeah. just so much like inner work that you have to do, which is really mm-hmm. interesting because 10 years ago, we still had the, the Nokia break. So <laughs> there was only so thing could do. Oh, it's so Same. funny. Uh, <laughs> flashlight, 100 texts a day. Oh, uh, hilarious. So I have a final, um, I guess, question on the imposter syndrome topic before we moved on. Mm-hmm. Move on. Um, what can we do uh, for the women in our lives who are dealing with imposter syndrome? And as a friend or a family member or a colleague, we can see that it's really eating at them. Like what would you like suggest or say that we can do to kind of help them um, as an external source, I suppose? Yeah. As an external source, I would say definitely being there for support is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, giving them a safe space to just be themselves. And when I say a safe space, you don't have to like say to them, I'm giving you a safe space. You know, you can like <laughs> be yourself here. Like you don't have to physically like directly yeah. say that but indirectly like give them that space, like Mm -hmm. uh, lead by example. Like that's my biggest thing in life. Mm -hmm. Like it's, if you want someone to act a certain way or you, you know, like you want people around you to, to be a certain way or whatever it is, lead by example, like show others that like it's safe to do it. Like it's safe Mm -hmm. to speak up. I think, you know, if it's, if it's a friend or a colleague or a client or someone in your life that you want to help with imposter syndrome, start showing them like the real you, like there's probably a chance that maybe you aren't like, so ask yourself, like, where can I show up more as myself? And then how can I translate that to them so that they can see, like, it is safe to be yourself. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you're in the supermarket and your favorite song comes on and you're with them. And normally they would be like, Oh my God, please don't dance. Like start dancing in the middle of the supermarket. Like my partner and I do this all the time. Like, like, Oh my God, you are so weird. But you know, I don't really care. I'm like, whatever. Like that says more about you than it does about me. I mean, I'm going to dance in the aisle. Like (laughs) I don't care. Like I'm that person where I've stopped at a, um, you know, a red light and you know, people go, Oh, you know, when you're like singing to a song at a red light and then you look over and someone's looking at you and you just stop. Like I'm the person that'll look at you and keep singing. Like (laughs) I do it. And that would have scared me ages ago. I love that. lead by example, you know, when you're singing in the car and you see someone looking at you, keep singing, mm-hmm. keep jamming out on the steering wheel and show them like, it's okay. who cares? Like, <laughs> life, is, life is so much more fun when you do this. Like, don't yeah. you want to come over and like have this much fun and this much self-confidence in your own life? Like, cause that's it. Like people are just like, Oh my God, why would you do that? Cause you know, it's outside the norm, but deep down they're like, Oh my God, I wish I could have that much. Self-confidence. Yeah. I wish I was like that. So lead by example. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a final few questions for you that I've been asking all of my guests. Um, yes. Rhythm and Words explores the rhythm of women in their 20s. So mm-hmm. I would like to know how you describe your own rhythm right now at 24 with a birthday next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
or my own rhythm as in like how like my experience with my 20s or yeah like how you feel at the moment like are you in a nice flow or oh yeah kind of feel I love out of my sync life. yeah no I'm loving it I'm loving That's my so life good. Early 20s, not so much. <laughs> I think, you know, early 20s, I mean, I am still technically early 20s, but when mm-hmm. I say early 20s, I mean 2021. 20, yeah. Um, you know, that phase, like, I think I was probably a bit more out of flow, still, you know, just out of high school, trying to find what I wanted to do, who I was, all of that. Um, 22 to 23 was very much, I found, like, this is what I want to do, this is who mm-hmm. I want to be, started stepping into my truth. Now I feel like, holy shit, I can achieve anything. And I'm, I'm really at a point where, you know, after accepting myself fully, I'm like, I can do anything. Like, honestly, like, and anyone, anyone can do anything. Like everyone can. So, um, I think I'm in a, in a pretty good rhythm right now. I'm like, I don't want this. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are too. It shows you can just tell. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So my final question is if you have any advice for girls who are about to enter their twenties, as I feel like turning the big two O often triggers an existential crisis of sorts. Mm, Yeah. Like I just said, I went through. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think having self-acceptance is key. Mm -hmm. Um, Really surrounding yourself with uh, people that, like I said, are going to support you, mm-hmm. but allow you to be yourself. But if I can quickly go back on the self-acceptance thing, yeah. like understanding, like no one is perfect. Like no one, like I said before, has their shit together 24 mm-hmm. seven. Like everyone is on their own journey. And I think if there's one thing that I would go back and say to myself when I turned that, you know, 2021 stage is just like, life is just a game. Like life is just fun. Like we take life way too seriously. Even now I have my moments where I take it too seriously, but I like, you know, one of my biggest things is I'm so passionate about like women at that age, like 18 to like 24 where I am now, mm. they're the way that I'm like, yes, like don't, you know, don't conform to what society wants. Like ditch yeah. the status quo, like create your own success. And specifically in my business, that's helping them go mm-hmm. into business. But like, even just in, who you, who you pick in your partner or where you go for a holiday or the clothes that you wear, as we Mm. talked about, like just choose whatever you want to (laughs) choose. Like like, I think don't take it so seriously. You know, Mm. like you said, if someone judges you for what you wear, like who cares? Like wear it. If it makes you feel like freaking amazing, like Mm. wear it, have fun, stop taking life so seriously and just honestly enjoy it because there's going to be a day where if you don't do those things and you don't enjoy it and you take yourself too seriously, you're like wishing away your early twenties and you're going to be like 25 where I am now going, um, wow, I wish I hadn't been so serious. So like, listen to what I'm saying and like, (laughs) enjoy your life. Yes. (laughs) Listen to Ellie. I love that you've mentioned like regret because that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I was so bored of hearing women like and you know it's their own story which I completely respect but they're like oh my 20s was a shit show I regret doing this I regret that and I was like you don't have to have so much regret I wanted to change the narrative and be like there's so many women having so much fun and doing great things in their 20s and yeah we still go through all the same shit but yeah. We can still have a good time and enjoy this beautiful period of our lives. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it's just, like I said earlier, it's 
you can you get to pick what the meaning is and if you think like oh my 20s was full of regrets like I could have sat here and just said to you I regret so much of what I did in my early Mm -hmm. 20s I didn't know who I was I regret showing up as that other person in high school I could I could sit here and say I regret it all it was a waste of my time I wish I could go back and change it but what I said was I'm so grateful for it because it led me to where I am now so Mm. You know, I think see the positive in it, really be appreciative. Like, even if it is a shit show, who gives a shit? Like, keep going. Like, you're, yes. <laughs> you're all really a shit show. Like, just keep going it and mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like, find the positives, find the lessons, and just enjoy the ride. Like, that's it. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It was such a joy chatting to you today. Anytime. Thank you very much Yay. for having me. I'm, I'm, I've loved it. Yay, me too. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time for you and this podcast today. I know how many shows are competing for your love, so thank you for choosing Rhythm and Words. If you like this episode, you can review us on Apple Podcasts and share this story with a woman who needs it. For more behind the scenes, you can catch us on Instagram at Rhythm and Words Podcast, online at rhythmandwords.com, or join the conversation in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Women.